Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. I'm going to be sharing with you from the, the Message Bible translation, a little bit different than what you're going to read in your bulletin. When Jesus got word that John had been arrested, he returned to Galilee. He moved from his hometown Nazareth to the lakeside village of Capernaum, nestled at the base of the Zebulun and Naphtali hills. The move completed Isaiah's revelation, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, road to the sea over Jordan, Galilee, crossroads for the nations. People sitting out their lives in the dark saw a huge light. Sitting in that dark, dark country of death, they watched the sun come up. The Isaiah prophesied revelation came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching. He picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. Jesus said to them, Come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. A short distance down the beach, they came upon another pair of brothers, James and John, Zebedee's sons. These two were sitting in a boat with their father, mending their nets. Jesus made the same offer to them, and they were just as quick to follow, abandoning their boat and father. From there, he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme, that beginning right now, they were under God's government, a good government. He also healed people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. Have you ever misplaced something, and when you went to look for it, you just couldn't put your eyes on it? Has that ever happened to you? Of course it has. And so you might ask someone, your spouse as an example, with, with a, a, a sentence like this, Honey, have you seen my keys? Your spouse answers from the other room, They're right where you left them, right there on the counter. And so you look, and you look, and you look, and you move the drying, the dish drying towel that you just used, and you overturn the coffee cup that you had rinsed out, and you just can't find your keys. And so now, agitated with yourself, you say, I can't find them. Will you come help me? Your spouse comes from the other room and goes right to the keys, picks them up, hands them to you, proving that they were there all along, and now you feel really silly. That's happened to me. I'll bet it's happened to you. Have you heard the phrase, hidden in plain sight? Of course. Today in the gospel reading, we, we revisit the occasion when Jesus begins to gather his followers. We know them to be disciples. And so 
for a little clarity, some background information can be helpful at this point. Being male in the culture in which Jesus lived meant that at a certain age, young boys were considered for discipleship with the, the local rabbi who would be in, in whatever village that they were growing up in. It was customary for the young boys to be schooled in the Hebrew faith and tradition by this rabbi slash teacher, whoever it was that was in their village. Some of those boys would then be selected for further pursuits by their rabbi, which would have been an honor for them, certainly, and, and their families. It would have meant that the rabbi saw something promising in them and then would intensify their studies by teaching these young boys, these young minds, out of the, the rabbi's own experience of having studied the Hebrew scriptures as well as the application of those in the rabbi's life. Now, some of the young boys, though, were let go to return back to their homes and typically to pursue the trade of their father. Presumably, the, the rabbi, the teacher, didn't see such promise for advancement in those boys. It's conceivable, then, that there could have been some, some sense of disappointment felt, right? by these boys and their families as clearly they did not measure up to whatever it was, the standard that the, the rabbi of the day had for discipleship, which makes the scenario we encounter today so very meaningful. Jesus is walking along the shoreline of Galilee. We don't know why specifically, Matthew doesn't tell us, other than that this is a, a part of the fulfillment of the prophecy from Isaiah which relocates Jesus to this place geographically. The way Matthew describes it, Jesus happens upon two brothers fishing. Conceivably, Andrew and Simon, when they were young boys, had been two of those boys that when, were disappointedly let go by the rabbi, not able to finish their studies, and went back to pursue the trade of their father, which clearly was fishing. There's no indication that Jesus knew these men in advance. There's no reason to think that Jesus was, was there on the shore seeking out these spe specific individuals. He would have obviously known that they had not made the cut earlier in their rabbinic pursuits, right? So here they are fishing, just as their father did. They were, they were simple fishermen. And it's to them that Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. Now, one of the things that Matthew wants us to understand as we read his gospel account is that there is a, sort of like today, a lot of social and political and religious tension that was just simmering at the very surface of society. That's why Matthew includes that part about John the Baptist having been arrested, and relatedly then Jesus' decision to come to this place from his hometown in Nazareth, that context in which then he began his public ministry, essentially picking up, as Matthew says, where John left off. So choosing these two brothers a little further along the shore, sons of Zebedee, in addition is important. It's remarkable. 
the fisher, these fishermen were, were rabbinical rejections, very likely, and, and discipleship standards were not clearly not what the, the, the rabbi who had worked with them earlier wanted. And yet Jesus, against the backdrop of lots of tension, reframes their paradigm of life with a simple invitation, follow me. Follow me and I'll make you a new kind of fisherman. I'll show you how to catch men and women, not fish. That these pairs of brothers immediately left what they were doing to pursue a chance at discipleship with this itinerant rabbi may not be so far-fetched as we might otherwise think. Remember, it would have been an honor to be chosen to be a disciple of a rabbi. It's conceivable, then, that Zebedee encouraged his boys, and likewise, perhaps, those who were fishing with Andrew and Simon to go ahead and follow Jesus. It's an honor. Again, the backdrop is informative here. People were looking for evidence of God, of which they had largely lost sight over the years. Under the thumb of the Roman Empire and, and now generations removed from the, the former glorious status under historical kings like Saul and David and Solomon, the people were desperate for some sense that God had not abandoned them or forsaken them. Indeed, they were looking for God. So when Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, it's as though he's showing them exactly where God is, even in that crazy, tense atmosphere, sort of like the keys on the counter, which were overlooked and overlooked, but were there. That through his life, through his ministry and suffering and, and death and resurrection, Jesus would help them to once again see that God is with them. And they are with God. I suspect we often think that if Jesus found us out of the blue, just sort of wandering along life's pathway and said, follow me, would we immediately drop what we were doing and follow? I mean, who would do that? You probably question that, right? You would do that. You would do that. I would do that. If it's a matter of being able to, to experience and know that God is near and that we are near God, you would do that. You have done that. In your bulletin, on page 9, go ahead and open it up. This is why I've added page numbers, so I can have you go back and easily find what I'm referencing. But on page 9 below the sermon title, you'll see this image. It's called a stereograph, and it's a computer-generated image. And when you stare at it long enough, your eyes will adjust to the patterns in that image, and it'll show a, a three-dimensional display. 
You sort of have to look right through the page, right in the center of the page, and for about 30 seconds, 45 seconds or so, your, your eyes will adjust and the patterns will emerge. And in this particular image, it is three crosses of Calvary, and then below that is an open grave, the stone rolled away, signifying the resurrection. Now, you're probably not going to get it because you're under pressure to do it here, <laughs> but take that home with you because I want you to be reminded of your calling. As a baptized follower of Jesus, you are called, like the first disciples, to live your life with, with a sense of immediacy, of, of urgency. That like the first disciples, you live your life looking deeper into the, the circumstances in which you live for evidence that, that God is here. Even when at times God's presence seems distant or hidden, God is always there in your midst. The kingdom of heaven has come near, Jesus says. And furthermore, by experiencing that presence, you are in a position to show others that presence through your life, your words, your actions. Do you see? That's what repent means, right? To change, be the change. Inspired by God's presence in your life, God that is in, with, and through you, join with the fisherfolk of Jesus' day as your calling, along with the rest, is to seek to catch people by casting, not nets for fish, but like we talked about with Luke and Leah, nets of love, of kindness, of, of the willingness to forgive, of of generosity, of, of tolerance, of your sense of peace in knowing Jesus, and, and especially knowing that Jesus knows you, and Jesus calls you right in the midst of where you are, wherever that might be, and says, follow me. Be Jesus' disciple, which you are. Amen.